Hello, everybody, and welcome to another delicious, delicious episode of We Read Allegedly, where we allegedly read books and sometimes force our friends to read very long books for a very long time. I'm your host. It's your boy, John. John, how are you? Stealing a introduction out of Ben Avery's book. Uh, coming at you today with my two girlfriends. That is to say, friends that are girls. Both girlfriends. <laughs> um. uh, we have Celeste Mora. What's up? And, oh my God, recently engaged Squid. Uh, hey, that's me. That uh, is you. Squid's got what a is Mr. Squid. A, some some of you might remember back to our Halloweenish episodes where we did uh, Frankenstein and Dracula, and we did. We I just liked his hot takes so much. We had a gentleman on named JM, and he is now in line to become Mister Squid. So kudos to the happy couple. And for those of you who aren't in the know, uh, Mr. Squid will be joining the three of us on the cast of Playing Games with Strangers. So be on the lookout for that this coming year as well. Also, um, can we just say kudos to the boy for proposing with books? And and and, and to this to the squid for reciprocating with a sword. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like that's geeky couple goals. <laughs> right? It was mostly cuz I wanted a sword. So, pros and cons, you know. I mean, you know. That's how I ended up with one of my favorite hoodies, and that's how Dallas got his hoodie back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The the rumors are true. Well, you, enough about our personal lives. Uh, let's talk about books and reading and literary stuff in the news and what is up to squid's mom hi mom I've been, she's been squid has been sharing updates about reading <laughs> progresses and all kinds of fun stuff with that she's blowing me out of the water right now with how many books she's right, read I'm right super and impressed with her i just want to put it out there too that uh if any of you want to brag on yourself or anybody else about you know how you've upped your reading in the past year send us a note yeah uh, we want to hear about that. We want to brag on you too. Uh, where can they reach us, Squid? Uh, we have a Gmail account you can email us at at wereadallegedly at gmail.com. Or the easiest way is probably to send us a DM on Instagram. That will come most directly to us. We are we read allegedly on Instagram. You can also join the Geek Devotions Discord because we are all in there. Yes, you can also do that. Mm -hmm. We have a Goodreads group. We're just not as on it as much because it's Goodreads. So we mostly just update our book progress. For the most part, I haven't really been great about doing that either. So anyway, that's a lot of everything I wanted to say. All right, uh, let's uh, let's do some alleged reads then. All right, everybody, here's our alleged read section that we completely just went to and did not have a side conversation before at all uh heck yeah let's start out with the uh newest candidate for an mrs degree uh squid hi it's one of the few degrees i don't have yet so <laughs> i haven't heard that joke in a while i'm working on the rest of them so i brought two books with me because i don't like to make decisions 
the first book you guys have heard about briefly. I haven't really mentioned much about what it is, but it's the library at Mount Char. Ooh. It's a beautiful book. It's short. I read it in about two days. John, you need to read it. Yeah. I think you would really enjoy it. Uh, I will read I take, the- I take Squid recommendations very seriously because mm-hmm. she has been batting a thousand on those so far. Also because usually I read a book and I go, this was great. Everyone's going to hate it. I'm going to make <laughs> them read it. But yeah. So if you're like, I think you'll like it, we're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. that's different. <laughs> um, yeah. I knew next to nothing about it. This was one of, I'm doing a reading thing this year where I'm reading 12 books for the podcast, give or take, because we do our review stuff, 12 friend recommendations, and then 12 personal reads. So this was my friend recommendation for February. So I didn't know anything about it. My friend just gave me the book and went, you need to read this. Well, let me just hop on. Where's my phone? my phone it's in my pocket let me hop on to audible right now and i will wish list it yes i'm going to i'll read just the back this is the only information i had and you can determine what else you want to find out i highly suggest just going in blind it was a wild ride carolyn knows she's a little bit odd but she figures that's only natural when she spent her life locked away in an infinite library forced to study at the feet of the man who might be god She's seen her share of terrible things in those years, even died a few times herself. Steve tries hard to be an ordinary guy, but he's been doing a pretty good job at it. Until Carolyn shows up in his life with a tempting offer. A pair of red rubber galoshes and exactly $327,000. Soon, he finds himself swept up in a war waged on a scale he can barely comprehend, as powerful forces battle for control of the library and the future of the universe itself. Brilliantly plotted, blackly funny, truly epic in scope, and featuring a cast of characters that includes a tutu-clad psychopath, a malevolent iceberg, and a lion named after an atomic bomb. The library at Mount Char is the year's most ambitious and acclaimed fantasy debut, and a ride like none you've ever been on before. That's the library at Mount Char, and it's very good. That is everything I want. Like, like no joke. Before we got. Before we started recording, I was t- I was telling these two about how I was getting caught up in a game called Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and <clears throat> it's everything that I love about video games and storytelling because it is just so bonkers and out there. And I I love I love when people explore the outer rims of imagination like that. And so when you're just telling me about a book, I'm like I want to like stick it in my mouth like i want to consume this book in a very physical way it's pretty like it's pretty big but i believe in you so (laughs) you go ahead listen we hear we read allegedly do not shame you for however you enjoy your books (laughs) with a little bit of tartar sauce Uh, dente raw i don't know (laughs) Uh, uh my second alleged read is just the iliad which i'm halfway through and I'm enjoying You're hitting immensely. that in the Odyssey, too, this year, right? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm doing the Odyssey in two months. It's not next month's read, mm-hmm. but the month after. Taking a brief break Are you Are epics. you going to follow it up with any kind of, uh, any of the retellings that have been rewritten, like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Or... I mean, I'll probably watch Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, just because it's a great film and I want to see it again. Um, one of the books that I received during this recent engagement with Cersei, which I'll probably also read because that's about that one's fun. Period. Okay, so yeah. I, I gotta ask what that's about because every time someone says Cersei, I always go to the ghost song, which makes me think devil, whatever, it, and... 
retelling of the demigoddess Circe, who is the goddess of witchcraft. Okay. Yeah. It's Greek mythology. And she gets she gets mentioned in the Iliad because pretty much all of the gods get okay. mentioned in the Iliad. Okay, that makes sense then. That would make sense why Ghost would have the, that song. Okay. Yep. I'm connecting dots. Yep. I think I have a few more uh, like Greek-ish inspired books on my bookshelf, but I don't know if I will get to them this year based on the current list I'm trying to get through. Have you read Until We Have Faces? No, but that is... Well, see, one of C.S. Lewis's is on my list, but not that one. Well, that, the reason why I was asking is because that is actually a Greek... Um, it's based off a of Greek uh, mythology. Not me looking it up. I do own what it. What did you say, Celeste? But I'm not ready. I said not it. me looking it up. You, did you not know about that, Celeste? I've never heard of it until we have faces. It's like it's like. I think it's just yeah, till, right, or something like that. Yeah, it's till um, we have faces. Uh, yeah, I think I. Th- yeah. Now I'm sorry, Ben, if I'm incorrect, but I think this is this is like Ben's favorite C.S. Lewis book. It's not his sci-fi series? No. The sci-fi series is fantastic oh. until you reach book three. Uh, if no. you say so. Well, I haven't read those either. I tried the first book and it was not for me. Dallas and I listened to yeah. it together on audiobook. And it was fantastic. But the third book, we were like, nope, done. Screw Tape Letters is on my list Mine for too. this year, which I've never read either. I'm sorry. I, de- I derailed us by ge- geeking out on some C.S. Lewis stuff. Buy more yeah. books. Wow. Book imagine. Podcast. Uh, all right, Celeste. Oh, I have to pick one, don't I? Or you can do what Squid mm-hmm. did and just bring all the toys to the party. Well, I didn't bring all. I've been, I've had an active <laughs> first two months. I'm already at like 10 books. I'm so to figure out, I think I've already talked about the main book I'm reading right now. Is it the ugly no, series? No, no, no. I need to pick up the second okay. one of that one, but I haven't read it. Um, no, it's the to sleep in a sea of stars oh I yes am, i don't think you talked about it last time because you hadn't started it yet i thought i talked about it on a podcast briefly we, but maybe i just talked it, about it It was you. mentioned at some point i think it was mentioned in our list of upcoming yes ex- excited reads because i had mentioned it or someone had mentioned it and then you oh and then, yeah for our year and end. then somebody had said to me it's like alien and then that got me ex- even more excited about yes. it. yes so so i'm it's so good i'm going to i'm the one who said it was like alien and i'm going to correct that it is like a mixture of alien and firefly if firefly was told from a more serious perspective yeah very much so. i'm still into it so yeah it's really good. It's also just, it's so good. This is just me ranting about it now. Sorry, Celeste, this is no, your you're fine. <laughs> it's great. I've been messaging Squid periodically going, what the crap? Because like, it's yeah. it's one of those that it, it shows it doesn't tell. And so you mm-hmm. were just dropped into this world. So as you're going, you're learning about the world. And Which is the so world good. building is really intensive. Um. But it's very good. It is very long. It is very long. It's so good. It's like 30 something hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a recommendation for you then, Celeste. And I think okay. I've mentioned this one to you before. What is it? I'm, I have my typing, my typing fingers ready. Uh, it is called Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes. Would help if I could spell silence. There what else did he do? Oh. Why do I know that name? Oh, oh this is good. 
Um, <clears throat> just everything that you had said about to sleep in a sea of stars, it gave me those vibes. It doesn't look like it's as intense as this. Uh-huh. Um, because the horror aspect is played down. It's oh, much okay. more of a sci-fi than it is a horror. Okay. Yeah. It's more like, it's like if there was an aspect of horror, but you're more looking at it from like a theoretical point of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we deal with horror in our life? Right, yeah. right. I get it. I get it. This um, is the thing. What are we doing with it? Yeah. yeah. Which is one of my favorite, like when you, because Christopher Paolini wrote it, who did the Aragon series. And one of my favorite things about reading this is that you can really see how he has developed as an author. As someone who hasn't read anything since eldest of his, yes, he has grown yeah. immensely. This will be interesting then because I haven't read anything of his. And so I'm going to be catching that firsthand then. This is a this is a good one to start with his writing because it is so much improved. Um, mm -hmm. But if you ever go back and read the Aragon series, give some grace because he was a teenager. Mm. Yeah, he was like 16 or 17 when he wrote the first one. So when he published the first one, which means yes, he was younger when he, published when he started it. it. And it's still good. There's, oh, yeah. you know, some of the skills in there are weaker, but it gets better as you go through that series. And then he took a big break and then put this one out. And you can tell he has not just been sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. So it's he's like you could tell through the Aragon series that he was improving his skill. Mm -hmm. And this one, I'm like, this is everything I needed. This is a book. Wow. <laughs> this is a real book. This is not a, a fan fiction. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. Not wearing. That's what. That's what. You're that's what wearing? I'm wearing. I, I'm wearing. Hey, you know how? Like, like welcome Squid's, to our fashion podcast. <laughs> like Squid said, uh, we don't we don't judge you for how you uh, use your books. I'm also, well, I, I said how you consume them. I, mean, I might judge you if you're wearing them. <laughs> I I also am over here entering Goodreads giveaways, and it was a book about fashion, and so I was talking <laughs> and looking at words, and that's what happened. Okay. Well, what are you reading, John? Um, lately I have been reading a lot of descriptions on Audible because I, <laughs> let me tell you. Good material. Okay. So I have been wanting something, anything outside of what we've had to listen to for the show. And because I like, I, I've, I've hit this, I've, I've hit this book hole and I've been in it for a while where nothing is interesting to me, even my book that I've chosen for the podcast. Well, that's not your fault. Oh, stop. Cause I, I have, I have read parts of this book before and it has been fantastic. It's just, may I suggest this book <laughs> <laughs> for those who can't see it's the book that she was talking about earlier. Yes. Uh, but so yeah, I, I've, I've just been, in, I've just been in this place where it's just like, nothing is good. And so I don't know. I've, 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 I've been reading descriptions. I tried, I used my audible credit on a book that sounded really fantastic to me, but it doesn't come out until August. So oh, I, I pre-ordered right. something and it's frustrating because I want it now. Uh, yeah, that's, that's always the worst. I have to wait. And for those of you who are, who are asking, what's the book? Uh, I don't remember who the author is and I'm trying to look it up while I'm talking. And I'm pulling up my Audible account now so I can tell you. The Queen by Nick Cutter is what it was. And that doesn't come out till August 27th. So I got until then, until that comes out. But talking about Dead Space has really kind of pricked my ears up a little bit. 
So I think that's kind of where I'm going to just swing next and finish that book off because I only made it about halfway through and I put it down for something else. So I support this. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys ever fall into the, that, those situations though where it's just like, ah, nothing's yes. good and I hate it. That is it. generally when I go into a reread. If it's If I'm in a mood where I'm like, I just don't want to read anything new, I go into one of my comfort books. So we reread allegedly mm-hmm. i don't do a whole lot of rereading i do less now than i used to um because i used to not have quite as much access to new books yeah i try to either muscle through or get to my i like to give a book a, a hundred pages before i decide if i'm gonna like actually leave it man that's a lot yeah it's too much for some books and i don't <laughs> give it to some but <laughs> for most books i try but I well, also the length of the books I read tends to be pretty long too. So that's fair. You it's do not like I'm getting books. I, so. I think I think on the books that I recommend that we do that I pick on the podcast now, we need to ha- start playing a game of where Squid marks where she would have naturally stopped reading <laughs> if she was left to her own devices. Boy, I bet I could find it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, let's go ahead and segue over to the book we are reading this month. All right. So welcome to the book we read this month called I Don't Want to Flirt. I Just Want to Swing This Sword All Day. (laughs) That that is what I called this book. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I thought it. I thought it was everybody wants this one man who just wants to learn how to use the sword. Everyone wants this man that looks like a ruffian. <laughs> the the book we are reading, everybody, is Musashi by Eji um, Yoshikawa. Eji Yoshikawa, thank you. And boy, what a book it is! It's huge. It is a book. It's a beefy boy. It's a book that devours other books um, because it was a serial, apparently. And I had originally purchased it as a book. And I'm like, we need to do this book. So did you just have book one? No, I have the whole thing. Okay. I was like, could I have just read book one? (laughs) Was that an option? (laughs) (laughs) No. You must suffer for my art. Uh, So uh, let's talk about it. How did we feel about this book? What are some thoughts we had? What are some? Give us the summary of the book. We could do that, but then that would mean that I don't know. You're driving. You decide. (laughs) I'm so bad at driving, though. Okay. This is about a real life man named Musashi. Did the man know who Musashi was? Hard to tell based on the history he's put in this book. That's what this book is. <clears throat> All right. Squid's getting spicy over here. Uh, okay. Musashi. You ain't seen spicy yet, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the classic samurai novel about the real exploits of the most famous swordsman, Miyamoto Musashi, becomes a reluctant hero to a host of people whose lives he has touched and by whom he has been touched. Inevitably, he has pit his skill against the naked blade of his greatest rival. And that's the only description I have on the book that I have. 
It is based on a real life man. And I think at least two other people in this book are also real life people. <laughs> like the, the, what's the name of the dojo? Oh, yeah. So John? Well, Sejiro is the first one that he fights from that dojo, but it is like the Yoshiono. Oh, the Yoshioko. The, yeah, the Yoshioko dojo. That's a real one. And Kajiro. It's also real. So I feel, like we need, I feel like we need to have John's perspective before we mm-hmm. get into this. Yes, My John, tell us about this book. Why'd you pick the book? What'd you feel? Yeah. What did you think of the book? How much did you read? About half of That's it. That's also a good question. I, I honestly, it's just because it's been big and I've been busy. I got about, I'm about halfway through it. So I'm not going to lie. I'm assuming Squid naming herself 50% says, is saying she's about halfway through too. I made it, in fact, exactly to 50%. <laughs> I made it to 75%. Okay. Okay. So According, there we are. All cards on the I was really trying to get to book five. And then the last time I updated my word count, I was like, you're at 50%. And I went, all right. <laughs> That's a good number. <laughs> but honestly, so why did I pick this book, though, is because I love samurai stories. If I'm being honest, I I grew up in the height of the 1980s ninja samurai kung fu craze where everything just kind of blended together. And so, yeah, I grew up in that. I have a feeling I get feelings of nostalgia when I see samurai warriors clashing swords on a screen. So I'm like, I want a book. So I'm like, let's do this book. It's supposed to be great. And boy, all the reviewers say it is for reasons I cannot begin to understand. (laughs) Squid, I need to hear your thoughts because I have been hearing your subverted thoughts via messaging. Every reviewer. There's so many five stars on this book. Best samurai book ever written, it says. Have they read a samurai book before? Exactly. Because this is not it. Is it like, do we have three choices? <laughs> I need to know. Do we have two? I need to... Do we have one and a half? Yeah, like, I need to a have half a book of that choices. Might be there somewhere and it's out there and we can read it. Did you yeah. guys did you guys both hate this book? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's terrible. It's so bad. For a number of reasons. Okay, tell tell me about it. Because like for real, just to give people out there, and I've I've already mentioned this a squid, but to give people out there a bit of understanding i picked this book because i was trying to find something that i was hoping squid would enjoy on some level you did a good job (laughs) because she's she's into foreign lit and like she's like she like digs uh russian lit and she digs russian lit because it makes her cry yeah this This made me want to cry still going (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to cry (laughs) so i have a cry so I was legit trying to find a way to connect with some a person on this podcast. I haven't been able to find something they like yet. I have. Let me, before I forget, I'm going to write down the three points that I have because they're three very separate points. Uh, I, did, and I, I wrote will. nothing down. I just have distaste. Distaste. <laughs> and rants. I can tell that you have a lot you want to say about Otsu. Oh, Otsu, what a, what a, what a lady. Um, I will uh, up front of this podcast preface and say that some of the topics we talk about may not be suitable for children based on point number three that I have. So 
Might, maybe not listen to this one around around your kids, just in case, yes. because there is some more mature themes in the book. Yes, and I will be discussing them because they're very relevant to why. From an immature standpoint. I have feelings about this book. So, children, go get your parents. And then parents, tell your children to go away. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how this should go. <laughs> All right, did you do it? Great. Now we can talk about the book. <laughs> anyway. What were your thoughts, Celeste? Okay, so I'm going to preface my my next rant by the fact of there is a stereotype that is used in literary and movie devices that I hate, and it I've ranted about it before on different podcasts. I don't think I've ever ranted about it on this one, but that is the the freaking woman who don't know how to live without a man. Like, I understand that the time frame, she needed a man, but she did not need to go chasing after the man with a child. Oh, Jotaro. Jotaro was the only good part of this book. But, because he was saying what we were thinking of, why are you crying again? (laughs) Like, you're dumb. He's right there. Go say hi. Like, Jotaro was saying what I wanted to say. But why are you going all over Japan chasing after a man who doesn't want you? That you talked to twice. That you talked to twice. Twice. Akemi well, does the same thing. Twice since you were engaged to his best friend. Yes. And Akemi does the same thing. She talked to him one time and is like, I loved him for forever. He was so sweet. This book yeah. does not pass the Bechdel test. Akami. Like the what Akami test? Had. So the Bechdel test is a test for media that, oh, yes. Huh? Oh, yes, I'm being savage. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry. We're both going to be savage, Dallas. <laughs> Squid says I'm not the only savage one. She's I don't know what he said, but it was loud, and I think I agree. So. <laughs> he says we need to change our names. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, um, Akami, in my book, for being dumb, gets a pass because they were just so, the author was just so abusive to her. This, Not I, I have thoughts about that. That's my third point that I'll get to later. But for John, the Bechdel test is in media. You basically take this test. And for your piece of media to pass the Bechdel test, two women need to talk to each other for like more than five minutes about something other than a man. Yes. If they don't do that, they don't pass the Bechdel test. This book does not have a single scene where a woman is talking to another woman about something other than a man. For longer than five minutes. For at all, maybe. I think every sentence a woman the, says is about Musashi. When, when O2 and Jotaro were in the place, the 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 monastery, mm-hmm. and she was training the young women. That's true, but we don't really see her talk to them. Right. Which is we why we just I said, get told. <laughs> we we were told that she talked to other women. See? Yes. I I will say on the nature of foreign lit. And this book, this is one thing I've talked about a lot while reading this book is I think a lot of my issue with the actual storytelling of this book is translation issues. That's fair. Japanese is so like pictorial in nature that translating it into English, terrible time, horrible. A lot of this writing was just like flat and just a slog. But I think that a lot of that was translation issues, not writing issues necessarily. I I am I was talking to Dallas about this after 
the scene where they meet each other right before the battle, um, where O2 and Musashi, Musashi meet each other, and they're like, we love each other, but I have to go finish the sword. She's like, I'll wait for you. I was like, why? This is dumb. And yeah. Elsa's like, oh, that's sweet. It's it's stereotypical Japanese romance. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. There's a difference between we're going to suppress our emotions because we are Japanese and we must be proper. And let me just be dumb you. about a relationship. Yeah. I This book was still written by a man. Uh, and that was evident through most pages that I read. <laughs> I don't know. I've read some some books about by women who write women dumbly. Oh, I'm not saying women get a pass. I'm just saying this one's very clearly written by a man. Uh, uh, yes. But John, do you have anything to say about the book that's good? Me? John. Oh, yeah, John. I know your thoughts. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So in talking about 14 and then off show in talking about interview with a vampire and now in talking about this book i find i get caught up so much in the things that i enjoy about the narrative that i can sometimes be blind to things that other people may notice that i apparently do not this is one of those situations because I do enjoy this book. I like samurai stories and sword fights. And let me hold on. Let me find the one. I'll, I'll put it to you like this. This, this, this book is, this book was me in the eighties playing with my friend, Nathan, when we both idolized Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee. We love Chuck Norris in this house. Um, and Bruce Lee. Ambrosely, I will say that during some of the quote unquote action parts of this book, the writing was good. Yeah. Like when he was actually describing fighting. Mm -hmm. I needed great. more of that. But then he would get into like what they did between fighting and it would be like, and they walked here and then they walked here and then they talked to this person, 17 lines of dialogue. And then they walked here. Then there's, it's like, did this you is... know you went a cow to ride? I did not. <sighs> and the very first duel. I had to find the page because I wrote it in the book in all caps with three question marks. We have been building, mind you, for 384 pages to get to his first duel. This man had the duel happen off screen. I didn't even get to see the duel happen. <laughs> I got to hear someone come and say, this is what happened at the duel. And if he was more on the fights, on the aspects of learning his training swordsmanship. Yeah. yes the training this would have been great there is too much focus on freaking o2 and the other women who are not relevant to the story because they're just chasing after this man who doesn't want them you ever seen like one of those kids puppet shows with little cardboard cutouts that's these two women just being like <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well three technically because grandma yeah, grandma grandma makes me chuckle though. Grandma can stay. <laughs> I fear I have angered two women on this podcast. You I haven't even gotten to point three yet. <laughs> I, I, I I fear I know what point three is and I just want to apologize in advance. Well you didn't know because you, you didn't write read the, book, the book, so 
And you choosing the book is not reflective of you because uh, this is a book you. that you read and Let's, you went, oh, what, this is good. <clears throat> Let us. I blame you for how bored I was <laughs> for this book, but not for how angry I was at this book. Yeah. I blame the author for how angry <laughs> I am. Fair, that's a fair. Because uh, I made it. 280 pages just being like this is hard to get through it's slow and then i got to page 280 and i went i'm gonna find this author i know he's dead i'm gonna find him <laughs> we're gonna fight i'm gonna fight him <laughs> otherwise it was just the writing was just slow up until then welcome yeah. to another episode of fight fighting corpses with strangers <laughs> <laughs> i'll rename my podcast that that sounds like a philosophical podcast where you just argue with dead people, with dead people. all right so okay What's point two, Squid? Now, now that we're going down the the Squid hate hole. Point I'm two, I actually gonna... joined because point two is just the writing being. Eh. Okay. It's like you're reading a Wikipedia page it kind instead of, of a book. Yeah, uh-huh. it was very much a a historical piece that was focusing on the parts of the historical <laughs> stuff that I didn't want to know. Yeah, I was like, I every time it was like I've devoted myself to the art of war, and I was like, tell us why. <laughs> Give us more. How did you learn it? I don't know. Something. I'm going to go walk by this tree. There's the tree. I walked Isn't by the beautiful? tree. <laughs> I do think that this book would have been better and more entertaining if it was in a graphic novel. Yes. Because yes. then a lot really, of the descriptors wouldn't have been necessary. I really wanted Vagabond to come and it didn't. It's on hold still at the library. That that kind of brings us, though, to an offshoot before we get to uh me just ranting for an hour yeah um squid you sat down and watched the at least not the the whole trilogy we watched number one there is a movie trilogy all of book one yeah there is a movie trilogy based off of this book the samurai trilogy is what it's called i I did not i i started into the first one but i got sidetracked with something else and i forgot to come back to it yeah me and john michael watched book one we enjoyed it. It was much better than reading book one. And like, like you said, like a lot of those boring parts of the writing, you don't have to read them because you just get to kind of see them happen and mm-hmm. they take 30 seconds instead of, you know, 30 pages. Well, and I honestly think that that speaks more to what you're talking about, how this is a, a translation thing, that there's a lot lost in translation because Japanese being such a pictorial language, it may not be that all of these things were parts of the original story. They were just there in how they were writing it. Right. And because... At least for most foreign literature genres that I like, a lot of them come from storytelling languages, which Japanese isn't really. Like, most of those languages rely more on pictures and things like that they carry their history through as opposed to, like, you know indigenous people are a storytelling language a lot of the books i've read from indigenous authors amazing wonderfully written because that's how they share their history (laughs) so this i think was very much just translation slash cultural disconnect was not well and it might also explain why japanese manga and anime is so popular because while japan is very good at storytelling they they need the pictures to translate it to foreign audiences and so I had my friend who grew up in Japan. He was a missionary kid out in Japan. He, one, reads at a speed that I cannot comprehend. He sat down for an hour and read the first hundred pages. And I was like, it's taken me so long. How did you do this? And he who reads Japanese was like, I think this would be better in Japanese. I think it'd still be kind of boring, but it'd be better. Because he can see like how a lot of things just don't have one-for-one translations in English. And they're 
characters and words in Japanese that don't translate. So I also but think the movie it, was good. I also think it would have benefited if it had been shorter. And I said that before in the in the the parts where it was just like, okay, this is kind of a dry book. Um before I got to the points where I was like, oh, I really don't like this. That it would have been better had it been cut into pieces for me. Yeah. Because then I could I could read a little bit, go on to something else, feel like I finished, and then pick up the next one in the series. <laughs> yeah. he surprise, that's how it was written. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I wish it wasn't all in one binding so <laughs> I could just have seven books. <laughs> if we had just read book one, you wouldn't have me angry. You would just have me really bored. I'd be like, book, that was fine. Book one, the highlight was the priest because he... He's so funny. Yeah. He oh. reminded me of a precursor of Ira. And I needed more of him. And he is not in anything past book one. Yes, he is. He might make a brief appearance in book two. I but will that's say, it. as I was trying to read more the other day, the first time I laughed, this entire book, which was just a little, <laughs> was a scene with him. Um, <laughs> he was funny, man. It's when they were at the um, home of the working women, uh, as they say, that these two guys and the priest is with them. They're talking about doing a drinking game and trying to decide what drinking game to do. Mm -hmm. And the line of dialogue is like, whoever loses has to drink a cup wall. What game shall we play? We could try staring each other down. That would involve looking at your ugly merchant's face. That's not play. It's torture. <laughs> right? Right? And I that went, oh, you can write funny things. <laughs> I really needed more of him because he he is what got me through the first part because I was like, this is this is dull until we get to him. And then I'm like, OK, cool. And and then he he just wasn't there. And the whole tree scene is hilarious in book one. Time was, like if Musashi was tied to a tree for the whole book, I would have been. Fine. <laughs> That's that terrible. would not have been a good a good uh, samurai book. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a great story, but I would have found it OK. <laughs> But okay. the movie was good. I do suggest the first one. I haven't watched two and three yet, but. Where do you find the movies? They're on Max. All right. Uh, quick disclaimer. I have no idea how intense this rant is about to get, but I know Squid has been saving it up for a bit. So for those of you who have heart conditions or are, <laughs> have children <laughs> who uh your last have, chance to leave children who have uh not yet been escorted out of the room now's your time going squid once. going twice let's 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 tap into point three all right akemi as a character i got some things to say about this to this man i'm sure you also have things to say about this celeste um i, just... I will <laughs> I will start by saying that this man has indeed fallen into a pretty typical stereotype of characterizing his two quote unquote main women. Yes. Which is to say, Atsu is meant to be our love interest. Akemi is meant to be the foil. Therefore, Atsu is pure and heavenly and can do no wrong. Akemi is a piece of garbage. We don't care about her because we must very clearly show the readers who we want Musashi to love. Yes. This man was shipping them so hard. I don't think that this man, when he wrote this sort of abuse that he did to Akemi, I don't think he did it in a way that very much said, this is a bad thing that someone's doing to this woman. Oh, yeah. no. I cannot stress this enough. This woman 
has had a rough life. You know, she's in, she's got no dad. Her mom's kind of a crazy lady that ran off with a crazy man who I think comes back later in the book. I don't know. I don't he care. Does. Whatever. Um, <laughs> she goes to this house. She's helping someone and gets assaulted by this man and then runs away from him and immediately runs away and tries to end her life. And they stopped. save her and is stopped from doing this. And in her recovery, the man who assaulted her is the one sitting at her bedside. And this says, and I quote a line of dialogue that he says out loud to her. Try to be calm, Akemi. It's not just me. Most other men are the same way. You'll soon come to understand, though you must have been shocked by the violence of my love. Can we just talk about the mindset that this man has and thinks that all men are? Yeah. Which this author proves every single chapter Akemi is in after this. Because she leaves from being assaulted by this man to being assaulted by a different man. And then saved by a priest who lets her like recover in this. And another samurai comes along and saves her from a dog attack. And then like whisks her away to go nurse her back to health. We think we don't know. And the priest comes back and sees blood on the bed where he had left this ailing woman and goes, clearly she's run off with another man. Why did I have to be so pious? I should have taken her while she was here. Anyone else would have. Yep. What? And then, I don't know if you got this part. Then she goes and joins ladies of the night because that is oh, well, before the only option. Before that, the samurai that saved her, that is painted in such a nice light, just just keeping her prisoner in his house, oh, abusing yeah. her for months. What? I And it is never painted in a strong enough negative way out of story for it to justify being a plot point, which is hard to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, there, you could have turned her into a man-hater in different ways You could without have... putting her through the ringer. Like, his female characters are cardboard cutouts to begin with. They are simply there to wave in front of Musashi and serve some kind of point. I don't know what point he was making with Akemi other than, this is a loose woman and she deserves to be punished. I could, I could see how it might be him trying to highlight the mindset of the time. Because legitimately, during that era, women did not have a lot of worth. And terrible things happened to women who were not deserving of it. Like, we know this from history. Yes. Yes. But what does that have to do with Masashi? What did it add to the story? Why do we have to use that as the example of oppressing women? <laughs> like, It just, it wasn't, it wasn't needed. It was not. Honestly, Akami and her mom were not necessary to the story past the point of mm -mm. where his friend wised up and left them. Kind of. It took a little while for him to get wiser, but... Well, he was pretty dumb. He was a stupid man. <laughs> but most of the men in this book were. Um, and then, we, for whatever just, reason... Can we just go, oh, on, yeah, go on record as saying everybody in this book is stupid? Like That's fair. Except the priest. The priest? The wonderful. Priest? Well done. <laughs> I mean, real talk. Let, let, let's just go on. Let's just go on and say, like, yeah, Ag uh, may have done the women dirty, but he didn't do the men any favors in this book either. So, but he doesn't really paint Musashi as having faults, except for looking like a ruffian. He's like a country bumpkin, and that's the only thing he ever says about Musashi that's bad. Yeah, 
This man saw the woman he quote unquote loves with his whole heart and sprinted in the opposite direction. And like, he's an adult. It's not like he's a teenager who you could understand. Okay, he's a teenager. He doesn't know how to talk to girls. Mm-hmm. He spent time with this woman. They grew up together. But you need to understand, like, he is like, this is his way. Okay. I'm, I might be reading more into it than I should. But the whole concept of Buddhist philosophy is to yeah. deny, basically deny earthly everything to focus on yes. the greater. And so, like, for him, his path that he has chosen is the way of the sword. And so I think from his perspective, Otsu is like, yes, he may be in love with her. But she is a distraction from the path he has chosen. And that is the reason why he runs from her. But he's also like not matured nor honorable enough to be like, Atsu, I have feelings. I can't give into them. I am moving on this path. He's like, hey, Jotaro, tell her I uh, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Can we also talk about how he is a trash parent? Oh, yeah, he is. He leaves his son everywhere. Like <laughs> all over Japan. <laughs> Jotaro is supposed to be training with him and l- being his, like, he's supposed to be learning his what Masashi knows. Yeah. And he doesn't spend any time with him. Jotaro gets fact, kidnapped. Abandoned multiple times. He gets kidnapped and forced to be adopted by somebody else later in the story. He did. Oh boy. Okay, so Musashi didn't want to be with him in the first place, though. Then tell Musashi. the kid no! Musashi be can learn adult. to say a word that we struggle with, we've, which is no. I was about to say, we've already we've already discussed the fact that he has a hard time communicating with people. I mean, that's that's kind of been the that's kind of the theme through the whole entire book is homeboy just does not communicate. But he also like says, yes, come with me. Yes. He says at one point, he's like, I am sorry, because again, I liked Jotaro because Jotaro was saying what I was thinking, which is (laughs) you're dumb. But he tells Jotaro, he apologizes for abandoning him and then promises not to do it again. Is this when they leave the working lady's house? Yes. Yeah, because I just got to that point. He like throws Jotaro over the wall and then leaves. <laughs> it gets better. He does go back after him. Go. They meet back up once right, more. They, they're by the house. Yeah, yeah. Once more, they meet back up again. And then he just like, after that, goes a different way from Jotaro, doesn't find him again. Jotaro ends up with somebody else, this rich guy who's like, I need a son. You can be my son. Cool. Okay. And Jojo is like, um, what? And he's like, no, 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 I'm adopting you or you're going to die. That's not adopption. That's kidnapping. Is that and how then, it works? And then, oh, here we go. Celeste is he getting finds another kid, which all the way of you is called Jotro too, because they're the same character. He picks up another child that has been abandoned and tries to raise this one too. I just, be I an sh- adult, say no. My other, my only other comment about the women's side of this book, which again we know this man just can't, he maybe has never seen a woman in his life. Don't know, hard to tell. Why do we always have to pit our female characters against each other for reasons I cannot begin to understand? These women don't talk to each other, but Atsu sees her once and goes, "This woman is my mortal enemy." She looks at ha, ha. at her and goes, "That hussy." 
Yep. Shameless hussy, no less. Yes. Ah, I am truly baffled reading the reviews of this book. I think I have the wrong book. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is like, this is the Japanese Gone with the Wind, a wonderful epic. I loved it so much. So many five-star reviews. I cannot, I, am I wrong? Am I stupid? (laughs) Am I reading the wrong book? You know, I don't, I don't care. If I'm, if I'm dumb for not liking this book, I don't care. I don't know. Like, I, I I understand if other people like it, because if you ignore the story with the women, A, it would be a much shorter book. But yeah, it would. it's like the fighting stuff is really good. I wish there had been more focus on that. The the fact that he's going and, and taking, he's learning pottery and he's learning how to grow things. And that's all interesting because it's part of his his quest to this to learn the sword yeah like his his uh duel with sorry uh dennis shiro when they do that one and he actually like writes the duel and like how they're moving with each other that's great i love oh, yeah. a well-written fight scene great but then i have you know another 300 pages to get through until the next one <laughs> and it i just feel like it misses like having looked into who this man was and not having really known beforehand and receiving a lot of information from someone else sitting at this table. Um, Mr. Squid. It's it's just like you're leaving out so many of the interesting things that this man did for what and putting in other things we don't care about. Like this man is wild. This man was not acting like a samurai should. This man was not acting like Ronan did. This man was being absolutely just off his rocker crazy in how he approached duels. And we don't talk, like, there's, it's not there. It's not in the book. Give it to me, please. <laughs> this man, this man showed up a day late for his duel and was like, part of the game, baby. <laughs> Kept you guessing. So legitimately, I will say the good thing about this book is I'm going, okay, yeah, I would go watch the movies about I do this. suggest the movie. This Again. is, it has made me interested in an aspect of history I did not have any knowledge of. Mm-hmm. And once I finally get Vagabond from the library, I'll let you know if it's good. But everyone says Please Vagabond do. is amazing, which is uh, a graphic novel depiction of this man's life. So anyway, but now, uh, John, all bets are off because you picked a thousand page book, which means I can pick a thousand page book. Do it. I've never, I have never limited either of you. I try to be kind and now I don't have to anymore. <laughs> Any last thoughts about Musashi? I don't want to be the person to point it out, but I think that this book may be better appreciated by guys than girls. That's fine. Maybe. It, 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 it may be a thing like that. If you're, if you're a guy out there, let us know what you think about this. Ask JM. He's sitting right next to you. Did he read this yep. book? He is shaking his head no at me. No? No, he doesn't want no. to talk or no, he didn't read this book. He did not read this book. He would not read this book. Oh. Um, he has read portions of this book, and I believe he said, and shake your head if I am wrong, that it reads like a less interesting history textbook, but with false facts. Because also, I did not stress this enough in the book, this man makes up so many things. Like three characters are actually from history, and the rest is just like fictionalized event of this man's life, which was already crazy enough as is. Hmm. Right. Dallas is listening to it currently. Yeah, he says read Vagabond. Um, so that will be interesting. It may be a while though before we get to yeah. hear his opinions because he's not a fast audiobook listener. Yeah, that's fine. 
That's fine. I'm just, I'm just, like I'm just curious. It's a 60-hour book. I'm just curious because, yeah, it, it does it does run a little bit slow, but I I don't hate it like you guys do. And I'm I'm wondering if it might be along those lines or I don't know. Well, if again, I, this hit several of my pet peeves. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, women getting what, attacked for no reason. It doesn't matter what too. the story would have been about. These things uh-uh. in a story automatically make me go, ew. Mm. Honestly, yeah. the first time that she threw herself at him and he was like, nope, I'm good. Thanks. Bye. I would have stopped it, which was like in book one. <laughs> yeah. And those, like, those parts don't even bother me as much. I was just bored up until I was like, why are we using this as a plot point? Yeah. Like, and again, that is, and I admit that, that is a personal pet peeve that I have it was annoying, across but, genres. Yeah. Is that I don't like it when women are portrayed as annoying. There's, you can, you can be a strong woman. You can still need the man. You can do all the things and I understand that it's an older story. It's set in a time. And I right. get that. I, I It There's, just wouldn't have been for me. There is also just like, there is a way to show historical accuracy without having to exploit it. Mm. Right. Like, we don't have to show this woman getting assaulted multiple times to show that it is something that happens in this day and age. Yeah. We can, we can even allude to it and then show the fallout of it in a way that is respectful of the woman it is happening to instead of being like, and now this is just her lot in life forever. And the text is also going to say she's ruined because we believe it. Like, <laughs> to be fair, there was one scene in that respect that I thought was handled well in that it showed the mindset of the time. The, I don't remember which, which man it was that attacked her, but he attacked her in the middle of the town and everybody saw what happened it might have been the second one because i think that's the one she like runs away yeah she did run away um and the townspeople realizing what happened back up and leave her alone Mm -hmm. that that one time was really well done because it shows that in this era in this town she is no longer worthy yeah like in the minds of the people so it's just the repetitive nature and then, like, every man she meets after that, even not knowing if anything, like, they don't know where she's come from. They're immediately just like, I know what I want to do. Right. But no one, no one ever says that in connection to Atsu, because Atsu is our main love interest, and she is, like, pure and heavenly, even though she's stupid. But <laughs> that's beside the point. It's just a, it is a writing device that people use that annoys me a lot. Mm-hmm. So... Really what it is is that this is a book that neither one of us would have cared for that then hit pet peeves of ours. Yes. Fair. Yes, indeed. Well, before I send this, before I accidentally send this podcast into another death spiral on how much the other two did not care for this book. uh, let's. It's nice to have solidarity for once on my (laughs) side of the podcast, though. Normally I'm alone. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and our, our life lessons, takeaways, whatever, whatever we're calling this section. Spiritual speculations. Uh, Don't abuse women. That's not a spiritual takeaway. It's just life advice. <laughs> just life <That's>, advice. Uh, for me, <laughs> That's just information. <laughs> for me, I'm going to jump on it before anybody else can because it's the lowest hanging fruit, which is the uh, redemption arc in book one where i don't remember what his name was before he became musashi 
Um, oh, ta- ta- Takiro? Tazuko? Ta- Takizo. Takizo. Ta- it says it Tazuko. Tazuko? Anyway, uh, when he came into the town, basically, when he went to go get his sister, he gets locked up. He's like, my old self has died and my new me has been born and I am being set on this path. Um, it's very reflective of the uh, redemption arc in a Christian's life where we hit this point and we have to make this decision on if we're going to choose to continue down this path that we're on, that's just ultimately going to lead to, hey, you're going to be put to death or you can choose the path of redemption and move forward in an arc of bloodbath and sword fighting. No. Um, hey, I've got my sword <laughs> of the spirit ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get the deal. It, it's it, yes. it's very low hanging fruit in the video, in the beginning of the book. Well, I'll, so. I'll provide the. Not necessarily the antithesis of that, but in contrast, Unlike Musashi, as Christians, we do not need to see something in the world and immediately sprint in the opposite direction of it because we have freedom in Christ. And also we can, you know, interact with things in the world and even talk to them and perhaps be a good witness instead of just running away and leaving people to cry in rooms alone. So, you know, being in the world but not of the world doesn't mean you have to avoid the world. Mm. just means you need to know how to interact with it. So don't be like Musashi and learn how to communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's a good bouncing off of that because I didn't necessarily have a spiritual takeaway um, or a spiritual speculation. Bouncing off of that, it's a good thing to know that there is a way to do that. Like, you don't have to shun the world. You can have balance between going, let me let me enjoy the things that I enjoy, but understand where I am with Christ so that everything Mm -hmm. is put through that lens. Uh, Kind of talking back to art in the Bible, secular art still can bring glory to God. Yeah. So, you know, things you see in the world can still bring glory to God because people are meant to love God and they just don't know it. And we're not, you know, living under Levitical law anymore. So we don't have to like so staunchly guide our life by these like, I can't eat this kind of food and I can't do this. Like, we have so much freedom in this world. Legitimately, this morning for breakfast, we had bacon and I bit into the piece of bacon and I went, God, thank you for making pigs not non-kosher anymore. <laughs> thank thank you, you for making them clean instead of unclean. Thank you for the fact that I can eat this and not dishonor you. <laughs> like, don't go, you know, good. don't go you know, overindulge and whatnot, because the Bible has comments about things like that, too. But again, balance. Yeah. You don't have to legitimately run away from something. (laughs) And then that is how we connect Japanese literature with God loving us with bacon. Yeah. It's all Musashi equals God loves us. And bacon. That's what I got when I read this book. (laughs) God loves everybody except for that one girl. Except for, yeah, except for Akemi. No <laughs> love for me. Okay. Well. It's been fun. <laughs> Sorry, John. I'm just, I'm, you know what? Every time, Celeste, I'm waiting for you, boo. I think I need recompense for this book. Sorry. I just realized what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish.
allegedly is part of the Devoted Geeks Network, devoted to letting you know that you're loved. If you enjoyed this episode where we talked about Musashi, please like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can join us every first Saturday of the month as we talk about a new book that we are allegedly reading. Next month, you can join us as we talk about Watership Down. We'll see you then.